Listener Production. Hello, Katrina Blau is with you. As I'm sure most of you know by now, the NRL is trying to break into the American market. They've signed a deal for games to be played in Las Vegas for the next five years. It all kicks off this weekend. There's going to be a double header with the Sea Eagles taking on the Rabbitohs and the Roosters going head to head with the Broncos in the desert city. There's going to be a special buzz about this. This is part of history. The very first time uh, rugby league is being played in Las Vegas, in Nevada. There is a sense of occasion here. There is that sense of importance. Footballers in Las Vegas, what can go wrong? In the second half of this episode, we're chatting to former NRL great James Graham from Vegas about what it's like on the ground, whether he thinks the NRL's ploy will be successful and how all this came about. Before that, Antoinette Latouf is here with the headlines. It is Thursday, February 29. Hey, Katrina. G'day, everyone. So we're beginning the headlines with a really juicy story from the boss of ASIO. So the head of our domestic spy agency has revealed details about an international spy team that is now one of the biggest threats ASIO is fighting against. So in his annual address, ASIO Director General Mike Burgess has divulged information about a foreign interference network called the A-Team. The A-Team members trawl professional networking sites and look for Australians with access to privileged information. They pose as consultants. Additional payments can be offered for, quote, inside and exclusive information. Now, this might suggest the A-Team's priority is classified material, but its appetite is far wider. We've seen it try to recruit students, academics, politicians. Yeah, so he's saying that members of this network posed as consultants um, and really trawl for people who have jobs where they can access high quality information, you know, from either inside big corporations or government departments and they target them on LinkedIn and then say, hey, come to our conference and we're going to schmooze you at these events. Um, Mm. And all the while they're trying to get information out of them for money. Uh, He also said a former politician sold out their country before before the plot was foiled and that the organisation also tried to get in contact with the Prime Minister's family member. Now, Birch has said he decided to speak about the group publicly because we want the A-team to know its cover has been blown. Katrina, I find this story so fascinating. I also find the naming of the A-team curious. Like if these naughty spies are getting up to no good, I almost feel like the A-team is too nice a name for them. Like we should have (laughs) called them like the Z-team or the, I don't know, what's the letter nobody really likes? The Q-team also. I don't know. Um, That's just my thought, but that's not about security. I have been following these annual ASIO addresses closely over the years. In previous years, it's been religiously motivated extremism was the main problem. More recently, that was overtaken by far-right extremism. Um, And it seems that with this A-team, it's quite a different sort of cohort that are posing a significant security threat. Um, And these foreign spies are from one country, but that one country has not yet been specified. 
The Matildas have booked their ticket to the Paris Olympics. They took down Uzbekistan 10-0 overnight, qualifying for a fifth Olympic campaign. Coach Tony Gustafsson telling 10 players were spurred on by a 54,000-strong crowd at Melbourne's Marvel Stadium. We said let's feed off of the energy from the stands now. We know we're good when we play with high energy, run a lot, attack a lot, press a lot, and we did that today. And also the finishing was clinical. Yeah, so striker Michelle Heyman was a big star of the match, scoring four goals in including a 16-minute hat-trick. Uh, Heyman was actually brought on in the wake of Sam Kerr's ACL injury. We're also devastated when Sam Kerr was injured, but it's really allowed all these other players to shine, and I think that would boost the morale of the team so much. Yeah, I was just about to say the same thing, Katrina. Like, I adore Sam Kerr, like much of the nation, and a huge chunk of the world as well. But it does. It, it gives other players an opportunity um, to shine, as you say. And that was just so easy. So the Tillies were obviously on fire last night, and within 34 seconds, they kicked their first goal. Um, but there's also I've no doubt that the Paris Games will be tough. So, so far, the qualified teams, along with the Matildas of France, USA, Canada, Brazil, Colombia, Spain, New Zealand and Japan. And to that list, um, either Germany or the Netherlands will be added and two nations from Africa. So this has been a bit of a turnaround. New South Wales police will now be allowed to march in this year's Sydney Mardi Gras parade. But the condition is they'll have to do it out of uniform. Organisers asked police to withdraw from the event earlier this week after police officer Bo Lamar Condon was charged with the murder of Sydney pair Luke Davies and Jesse Baird. Meanwhile, the state's commissioner, Karen Webb, has said she has taken the first step to remove Lamar Condon from the police force, serving him a show cause notice. Because what happens when I issue a show cause, the officer has 21 days to respond to me and I must consider in a, in a fair process um, that he has the opportunity to respond. So that's the police commissioner on nine. His history in the police, including his recruitment, is being investigated. Yeah, and part of that history is whether there was enough scrutiny on his social media um, and whether he'd been tagged as a high-risk officer. So those things, uh, Mm. including what he posted about before he became a police officer, um, they're all being looked at too. Well, this is huge news if you're a fan of the Netflix series Drive to Survive. Red Bull F1 principal Christian Horner has been cleared of any wrongdoing by an independent investigation. And if you're not a fan of that show or a a motoring head, uh, this guy is also pretty famous for being the husband of Spice Girl, Ginger Spice. Oh, Katrina. Okay, cool. Now I know who you're talking about. Proceed. Yes. Now, this comes after allegations of inappropriate controlling behaviour were made against him by a female member of staff. Horner has always denied any wrongdoing and insisted that he would defend himself. Red Bull Racing has now issued a statement saying they've assessed the findings of the investigation that has entirely cleared the 50-year-old. So that's uh, great news for him. Um, He's yet to speak about this, but he is expected to arrive at the Bahrain International Circuit later today. So this decision is obviously pretty significant because it means Horner will oversee operations in Bahrain as Red Bull prepare for the opening race on Saturday. And that comes after almost four weeks of uncertainty and drama. And under Horner's guidance, Red Bull have become the dominant force in Formula One with Max Verstappen winning the past three drivers' titles. Lewis Hamilton said the Horner verdict was an important moment for F1. 
But it is important to note that the complainant has a right to appeal. Yeah, the reporting around this has been quite wild, Antoinette, because um, Jerry Halliwell, now Jerry Horner, um, apparently unfollowed uh, mm. Victoria and David Beckham and one of their sons over this, and also Max Verstappen. People were looking at Jerry's Instagram to see who she was following and unfollowing, right. and they saw this as some big kind of you know move that meant that um, David and Victoria weren't supporting Jerry enough through this ordeal. Uh, who knows what really went on behind the scenes, but hopefully they can all be social media friends again now. And Prince Harry has lost a High Court challenge against the UK government over the level of his security. The Duke of Sussex failed to overturn a previous ruling which saw his security status downgraded after he stopped being a working royal. The High Court found that decision was neither unlawful nor irrational. Uh, Prince Harry will seek to appeal this latest ruling and a legal spokesperson says he hopes he will obtain justice. Yeah, and the Home Office has said his security would be arranged depending on perceived risk, which is what happens with other high-profile people, and that it was pleased by the court's finding. I don't know, Katrina, I'm all for Prince Harry going and doing his own thing and taking a step away. I'm just not convinced that British taxpayers need to continue paying for his security if he's not in that role anymore. Yes and no. It's also not a very good look if because you've backed the security off, something then happens to him. I still, you know, he is still a royal and um, royals need to be protected. Yeah, fair enough. Fair game. But I suspect that he has enough in his bank if he wanted to hire security to do so himself. Fair point too. All right. Thank you, Antoinette. That's it for the headlines today. Benzine's up next. He's going to talk about the NRL's bid to break into the American market ahead of this weekend's round one Vegas kickoff. And also remember to tune in at 3pm for our afternoon edition. We'll catch you tomorrow. Four Aussie teams are in the US training to kick off the 2024 season in Las Vegas on Saturday. It's the first time an NRL season has kicked off in America for 40 years and there'll be more games in Vegas over the next five years. It's all part of the NRL's plan to bring the game to the massive potential US audience. Former NRL great James Graham is in Vegas right now to tell us more. James, this is history in the making. How are you feeling? ahead of the first game in Vegas. Yeah, really excited. Landed in Las Vegas around six hours ago, so still uh, acclimatising, but um, really excited to be here. I was talking to a number of people on the plane around, you know, when this first got muted halfway through last season, I think most people just laughed and thought it was, you know, a little bit of filler for some papers on a, on a quiet news day. And yeah, well, here we are. So how did it all come about? Why Las Vegas? From the outside looking in, Vegas, um, you know, um, moving away from the, the gambling aspect of, of their city and, and bringing in a lot of sports. So obviously they've, uh, they've got a, a full-time NFL team here, a full-time NHL team. Most of us would have seen that the, the Super Bowl, the world's biggest sporting event, was staged here. So I think there's an appetite for for sports and, and new sports to, to get a start here. Obviously, UFC is very popular, boxing. So uh, rugby league fits the bill. And look, I think it's a great initiative by the NRL to, to, to come to this place 
Um, obviously, uh, America, huge potential market there. If we can grab a, a small section of that, then um, you know our game's popularity can continue to grow. It's obviously a mission to grow the game, open it up to this new audience. Do you think the NRL will make money this year? I, I don't think it was about making money. That would be great in the long term. But just like any investment, you you put some there's some upfront costs. Um, a lot of new challenges, um, moving the game, you know, even playing a game in New Zealand, Magic Crowd, you take state of origin to to new areas of Australia. That that comes with a problem, but obviously with a whole new country involved, uh, the very first time it's and um, there's gonna be obviously upfront costs and, and some challenges to, to overcome. So I don't know if it's necessarily the goal to to make money in year one, but you know, if we, we talk about that market then that can be captured. Um, you know, sports are businesses now. I, I'm more on on the hope that our great game can be loved by Americans because I love our sport and I don't know why we keep it such a tightly held secret to the world, but it is what it is and and hopefully we can we can showcase, you know, just how great uh, the great game of rugby league is. Do you think that these games, just because of, I guess, all the hype around them, the Las Vegas location, are they going to be thrillers? No doubt. Round one is is always full of surprises and excitement. I think back to last year when, you know, the Dolphins' very first game in the, in the competition coming up against the Roosters and, you know, all the excitement to, to welcome this new team in and they got the victory. Um, it, it's a... It's a big occasion for all the players whenever they play round one, wherever that is. But yeah, when you're surrounded by the bright lights of Las Vegas for the four teams playing here, for each one of those 17 players that take the field for each team, there's going to be a special buzz about this. This is part of history. The very first time uh, rugby league is being played in Las Vegas, in Nevada, um, on a professional level anyway. So there is a sense of occasion here there is that sense of importance we know it's captivated the the imaginations of many australian new zealanders nrl lovers in and around the the world so you know all eyeballs are going to be on this you know more people are going to be watching than normal so for those four teams that are playing like to be honest i'm kind of jealous and (laughs) there's not very often that i wish i was still playing but this is one of those occasions where I think you want to be a part of. Mm. It's not a short flight. Does it have an impact on the on the athletes? Most of the teams um, have been here acclimatising for, for quite some time now. I think uh, Manly have elected to stay in Las Vegas, a few of the others uh, in and around California. So I, I can't see that being an issue. We saw Penrith go over and, and play Wigan in the World Cup Series last, or the World Cup Challenge rather, uh, last weekend. That's a much longer flight. These guys are professionals and they'll have a, a team of experts uh, to counteract and, and get them recovered, acclimatised and ready for peak performance um, come Saturday evening. So uh, I wouldn't worry too much uh, about that. And then on the flip side, when they come home, they have the you know the extended round one, so they won't play uh, for another week. And then I believe both te- uh, the teams that have travelled will play each other in what will be round two uh, after a week off for them. So... Uh, the NRL and the clubs have taken every step to in, ensure that the the impact of travel is lowered as much as possible. Um, but yeah, I I can't envisage any player feeling jet lag or feeling fatigued. It's 
you know, that level of excitement, that emotion. This is a, this is a special thing and, and it should be a privilege to be a part of for them. So have you been in touch with uh, any of the teams about how they're feeling going into it? Uh, not personally. Uh, obviously, I you know, you, you see a few of the news reports, I think. Like I say, there's a, a genuine genuine feel of excitement here and, and excitement amongst, amongst each and uh, every member of the playing group. It's our, our, our game, uh, for myself, uh, it's taken me across the world. I remember coming and playing a, a test match over in the States in, in Denver. And it's a cool thing to, to look back and, and say. And, you know, and I no doubt that each and every one of those players is, you know, making memories here, taking it all in. And, you know, I think any round one game is is full of nerves and excitement because, you know, you're playing for real, which again, I think is hugely important. It would be easy to to bring a trial game out here or an exhibition mm. style of game or maybe a postseason uh, or something like that. But all four teams, two points on the line, they'll want to kickstart this season. The coaches aren't going to care whereabouts you are. Uh, they'll just want to get the, the the two points on the board to to kick off. And we've got four teams that will be in and around the, the top eight and challenging for for, for titles as well. So some of our best are over here. Uh, but in terms of the, the excitement level, it'll be through the roof. Round one is, is special. It's always full of nerves. You haven't played in, in such a long time for keeps and um, yeah, you get to, to do it all very soon. More broadly, what can we expect from the 2024 season? Yeah, full of excitement. Again, There's it's so hard to pick a standout team. You know, our game, um, it's the most difficult a game in the world, I believe, to to predict. Maybe I'm just a bad pundit. Maybe that's um, my excuse for, for being a bad, bad pundit. How just how hard it is, but it's it's so close. The competition is so close. I think you know you look back at, at Penrith going three in a row. Can they do four after losing a number of players? The Roosters have strengthened. The Broncos they showed they belong on the big stage. They've lost a couple of players, but they'll be strong again. South Sydney improved. Like I say, Roosters have improved. Uh, the Cowboys will be after a big year. The Warriors last year's story of the year. Uh, nobody expected them to, to do anything last season. Sean Johnson, arguably the, the most influential player in the competition last year, was pipped for a Dalliem at the last minute, thanks to Caelan Ponga's brilliance in, you know, what, 10, 12 games. So the Warriors will be strong again. They brought Roger Tuivasa Shek back to our competition, which is a huge inclusion. He's looked amazing in trials as much as I say, you know, don't read too much into trials. Well, Roger Tuivasa Shek has certainly lit those up and excited to see him play. And there's so many twists and turns to, to come. My team, the, the Bulldogs, they've improved as well. Lots of eyeballs on them. Benji Marshall in the coach's box for the very first time for the West Tigers. That's a really exciting proposition for him. Shane Flanagan, premiership winning coach. Back at the Dragons, he was assistant coach there. He gets his hands on a, on a football team for the first time in a while. Lots of eyeballs there. So there's so much to be excited about. Genuinely can't wait for this season to kick off. And I think, like you say, every year, just strap yourself into that NRL roller coaster and let's see where we go. 
That was former NRL great James Graham from Las Vegas ahead of the season opener on Saturday afternoon. And that's all for this morning's podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to check back for your afternoon briefing at three. Meanwhile, if you've got a story you'd like to hear us tell or you'd like to have your say, send us a DM. Search The Briefing Podcast on Instagram. I'm Ben Sion Siebert. Thanks so much for listening. Listener.